and welcome to My Xbox and Me, episode 186. It might be 87, I'm not sure. You know, it's hard. Numbers, I don't do numbers. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I am one of your hosts, MC Fixer, alongside Gatorade's Get Hype Moments. The man that waves to the queen in a weird way, but I kind of understand it. It's kind of weird. Snow Bike Mike. Snow Bike Mike, how are you? MC Fixer, I am doing great. It's great to see your smiling face. It's been so long. I know. And speaking about it being so long, you and I being away, got to give a quick shout out to the two guys filling in for me and doing a tremendous job. Now, over the weeks that I've gone, MC Fixer's hosted a couple solo shows. He did incredible. Give him some love. Then I got to give some love to my guy, Mr. Moody. Mr. Moody, the queen waves right back at you that's a little <laughs> reference to his episode if you remember i know it's like six weeks behind but you'll get it if you listen to it then of course gotta give some love to crash crash did an amazing job filling in i love whenever he's on the show it's nice to hear some new voices with mc fiction than just me bringing the hype to you i want you to know that i listen to every episode even if i'm on it so you guys did a tremendous job without me thank you all so much i am now back from my short absence, and I'm excited to get back with my guy MC Fixer on the My Xbox Me podcast. Bro, we just we had a full swing of emotions. Me, I am terrible at text, and you're terrible at replying to text. Oh, the and worst, there was, the worst. It was like, yo, dude, I need to get someone in for next week. You, he's like, yeah, dude, if you need someone to fill in from now on, when I, I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Calm down, Mike. That's not what I meant. I'm not replacing you. I swear. He's like, no, I get him. I'm like, no, calm down, everybody, calm down, everyone. Look, look. Look, let's not let's not do what everybody else has done to me, yeah? Has it been six months yet? I know I get to six months and people get bored of me. No, I'm joking. Um, anyway, remember, you can get a show early over on patreon.com slash mcfixer. Uh, this is our weekly Xbox podcast. Yet to miss a week, no matter if it is just myself. You can find us on all podcast services, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mcfixer and youtube.com slash Mike. Mike putting up some new content on the channel i've been seeing it the after work recap bro oh you're too that, good to see, me look at that smile you think i don't notice <laughs> this i'm out here notifications <laughs> are on i've clicked my bell i sit back and i wait for the content to come to me baby so talk us through that real quickly before we get into the topic of the show and things of that nature uh why did it happen what, what's the thought process so, you know, I did this a long time ago, and really the thought process behind it was is one day my dream would be to host IGN's Daily Fix. I love the fix. I love that it's a quick recap of all the big stories coming out of the IGN news broadcast team. So I always loved that, and I think when I did it back in the day, it gave me great work and great practice on being in front of a camera going through and sifting through all the news every single day when you're reading the news for an hour two hours and going to different sites you definitely aren't in tune with the video game industry and you know kind of what the big stories are what's happening what seems to be the ebb and flow and so it gives me a great stance of now i'm well prepared i'm able to talk about video games a lot better with mc fixer or anybody in my life yeah. and then as well I just like doing those short recaps. I love getting on with MC Fix for an hour to go yeah. in depth. I like listening to the kind of funny games cast. I find that a lot of people's gaming podcasts are about an hour, 
maybe a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And so me as a working person, I know a lot of people out there with full-time jobs. I like that quick recap. I like that daily fix of like, here's your six stories. Here's just the headlines. Go in depth if you want. So I've been back on that. I stopped a long time ago. You'll notice there's a big gap. I stopped a long time ago because I didn't know if you were like allowed to do it. If somebody from IGN would like call me and be like, hey, bro, you can't just be reading our articles like that. So that's why I don't promote it that much. Bro, these stories come from everywhere. Uh, But to be (laughs) fair, in my defense, yeah, to going off that, to be fair, I kind of edit a lot of it out because the point for me, especially when doing my Xbox and me, it's. The reason people come to this show is for me and you. They come to hear our opinions on things. So it's headline, quote, quote, there you go, opinion. That's pretty much what the show is. So I can get the headline and the quote, quote from literally anywhere. I just might happen to choose whatever one pops up on Reddit. So, yeah, it's a whole thing. But I get you. No, you're all good. Trust me. You're all good. But I'm proud (laughs) of you. I'm glad you're doing it again. Um, And I love watching it. So. Well, thank you, and I appreciate that. Uh, well, speaking of content, I do want to plug one thing. That is the my – or that's the MC Fixer goes to the circus. Oh now, this was a great <laughs> vlog. If you didn't watch this vlog, wow. MC Fixer not only loves the circus life, not only loves going outside, walking around, vlogging with the lovely Haley, but, man, MC Fixer is going to be a great dad one day, yeah, y'all. You should see him with these kids. I was blown <laughs> away. You know, usually I'm like, get lost. Here's some candy. Don't speak to me. <laughs> MC Fixer's got a kid on his back, picking him up on his shoulder. He's playing with the guy. It was yeah. too much fun. It was a I'm great very, vlog. I'm very fortunate that those kids love me. So any, any <laughs> other kids, nah, they're not so much. But those two, they actually enjoy my company. So, well, Harry does anyway, the little one. Liam, he's got older now. He's a bit like... Just leave me alone, Uncle Corey. I'm like, oh, fine, little rat. He loved me when we was playing Minecraft, but nah, he don't care. He don't care. But anyway, remember to rate us on iTunes as well uh, and drop a review there, please. Uh, let's get into the topic of the show this week, Mike. Topic of the show is all about some Gears of War. Gears of War 5 news has come out. Uh, Gears of War 5, which is, uh, has, sorry, Gears of War 5 has appeared listed uh, in the Thai Taiwanese system of age clarification at this point um, with a profit of the language. Rumors, Gears of War 5 is going to be coming September 10th, Mike. September 10th. Um, also, we got some leaked uh, cover footage which shows Kate as the main protagonist. Where are your hype levels with Gears of War? I was talking about it today on the stream, actually, twitch.tv slash mcfixer, if you're not following. Um, the Gears of War might be my third or fourth favorite franchise of all time. And because um, I, I, I really love the Gears of War games. I'm so hyped for this game, but because we don't know that much about it, I'm sort of like, okay, just sitting in my chair waiting, like, hmm. What are we going to get here? Obviously, I think now we know that Kate is the main protagonist. Uh, it shows it very heavily on the box side if you've not seen it. Um, and September 10th, I'm a little bit worried about the date. What? How are you feeling? Oh, I think this is a perfect date, and I'm also very excited for the game. So Gears of War, a big-time franchise in that Microsoft Xbox studio. And, you know, this is going to be a big deal for the Xbox side, getting those first-party games. And I'm really excited for Gears of War. It's had a great lineage since Cliffy B and then into the correlation or the coalition mm-hmm. is, man, think about the story. Think about the mult or the co-op story that you were able to play with friends. And then the multiplayer is all so tight. It's a fun 
cover base shooter, that chainsaw lancer action when you just chainsaw people in half. That's iconic. And I'm super excited to see where this franchise and story goes. It feels very similar to what we're about to get with Halo right now, where we're going to kind of get that change in narrative. We're going to have a kind of rebirth with the story of Kate's taking over here. Marcus Phoenix and the crew are kind of going to take the back seat. So this is going to be really exciting. What do you do with new protagonists? What do you do with the new story that we already know and love? And just like Halo, it's time to restart, get a new generation ahead of us, because right now we're about to see that new Xbox come out. This game is going to come out in September, which means it will be the end of the life cycle for the Xbox One. We'll get probably a good year out of that, then the next big console. And that's going to lead us into the next one. So very exciting time for Gears of War and a lot of Xbox fans. Yeah, like I said, Gears 5, Gears 4 did such a great job of blending the new, uh, with the old with the new, if you remember playing that game. It did a great job of bringing back Marcus and a few other great characters. Um, no spoilers, I guess. I won't spoil it just because there's no need to. Um, if you haven't played it by now, you're doing yourself a disservice. But I feel like this is the real the real kicker, where obviously we, got, we, we the way that 4 ends is like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then you go for, uh, go beyond that now and we, we see what's happening in 5 um, with Marcus's son, JD, and a few other characters. Like, oh, they are they're behind Kate here. And yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. Obviously, Gears of War, one of the the earliest memories I have of Xbox Live on 360. And it's just one of those games that I love to play. Warband, seeing Chainsaw, and like you said, shotgunning dudes in half, headshotting people with the longbow or the talkbow or the boom shot. It just, I can't wait to get back in, see what new guns they have. Um, and obviously, the main thing is the story for me. It's a, obviously a co-op driven game for me. That's how I prefer to play those games. Um, I remember last, uh, the Gears of War 4, I played it in two sittings or one sitting, literally streamed it for like 15 hours straight and just got the whole story done. And yeah, I love the game, so I'm super excited. The thing that worries me though, like I said before, is the rumoured, again, this is all rumours and speculation, but the rumoured release, that which is September 10th, that is straight smack bang, uh, going to be in the middle of Borderlands 3. Um, obviously, we're expecting multiple other games to be in september we don't know what but borderlands is september 13th that doesn't give a lot of breathing room gears of war is an exclusive xbox doesn't have as many systems out there i think we've proven uh, that as much as i love gears of war gears of war doesn't move the needle the way it used to the one two three sold like gangbusters four didn't i don't think five will either i feel like the next generation of gears of war like you're speaking about that could be what them propels it into its stardom again hopefully but i could definitely be wrong so yeah i'm a little bit worried with the release date but we'll see yeah that's totally understandable i think you were right with you know borderlands is there i believe what we just saw last week with ghost recon or breakpoint i believe that's in september as well so it's going to get sandwiched in between some games and i'm actually on the opposite school of thought you know i think it's going to do just fine the positive thing here is when you talk about borderlands 3 or borderlands 4 whatever one it is i'm already right. lost already uh <laughs> and you talk about tom clancy is those are multi-platform everybody's going to get their hands on it gears has always been for a certain audience this is a mature shooter that still sticks around in the esports realm True. so you know it's just similar like call of duty 
and Halo. There's going to be a big-time community that follows this. It's not going to move the needle, like you said. It's not going to sell gangbusters, but it will make some noise in the news. It will have a good longevity with that esports scene, yep. and I really think it's going to do just fine. Like you said, it's not going to go anything crazy, but it's going to be fine. It's that first-party Xbox title that we always talk about. Here's your exclusive. The Xbox fans will buy it. They will play it. And I don't think it has much longevity with casual fans like you and I have like, hey, we played the story. We did the co-op. I'm not playing it two years down the road. But the kids that are into the esports, you're going to see this on TBS. You're going to see this on ESPN Esports. You're going to see it on Twitch when they have the big years war tournaments around the globe. That's going to make you perk your eyes up and be like, man, you know what? I did really enjoy that game. I should go back after watching this awesome tournament. And that will get you excited. I'm really excited to see what kind of game modes they add. Remember, they had Horde mode back in the yes, day that, that they added mode, to one of which these. Which is great. Yeah, so. Horde mode is great. I enjoy Horde mode. Um, I hope they take away all the microtransactions from what they did in 4, because that was the biggest letdown with the card systems and the characters you had to unlock and all that. Just go back to, on the multiplayer side of things I'm talking now, go back to basic Gears of War. You log in, you play, you choose your locus, you choose your uh, human character, you can unlock skins if that's what you want to do. Cool, no yeah, problem. Yeah, exactly. Agree. But keep it basic. Don't do this whole. I don't want this whole card system that we had in the previous, in the number four, oh. and the microtransactions and all that. I don't need it. I don't need it. And I won't be. I'll tell you right now. I won't be buying the season pass for this game again because after last time, I got burnt hard, hard. It's truly incredible to see games that are really kind of dedicated shooters add so much on the microtransaction front. Like you said, it's understandable. You want to sell me weapon skins and character skins. That's fine. But once we start to get into like what I think about when you say that kind of stuff is the Halo 5 Guardians rec packs. And all of a sudden I'm buying a bunch of rec packs that I don't really need. It's for one set of multiplayer. And it's amazing to see the evolution of certain shooters from Call of Duty, Gears, Halo of like what they've added on with the microtransaction boom that started kind of with FIFA Ultimate packs and kind of has made its way into so many games. It's like, man, how can you add these and, you know, On one side, yes, you hate them. You don't really care for them. You don't want to spend your money. But on the opposite side, when you really look at it from a business standpoint, how incredible is it if you were part of that Gears of War team to think, hey, this is the forethought. This is what we need to create that will get back into MC Fixer's wallets or that will give us that extra $20. Like That's incredible thinking and marketing and a big-time push on the business side that you know, us casual players, us gamers in general, I wouldn't think of that. I never would have thought to add that into Halo or Gears of War. I, I find that always so intriguing. Of course, I don't want to spend the money, but how interesting is it to be like they're in a boardroom saying, hey, you know what we could do? Let's add this and maybe we'll be able to sell more. Yeah, I, like I say, for me, the big one was I always wanted to play as Coltrane. And I never got the Coltrane character card thing, whatever it was. I can't remember what it exactly was now. And that used to annoy the shit out of me. I had paid, I think I paid £80 for that game at that point. Because um, I bought the special edition to get it four days early and blah, 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 blah. And I couldn't even play the character I wanted to play. So I want that <sighs> taken away. The other thing I want to talk about, really, um, is uh, this Gears of War is not going to change the way Gears of War games are. Like, I think that's the thing that people always get wrapped up in. And, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff. And you find that people are like, oh, yeah, Gears of War's good, but it's the same thing. It's go- It's like, well, yeah, that's what Gears of War is. It's a third-person shooter. It's This is what Gears of War is. It's a cover-based shooter. 
I don't think they're going to change much in this game, but I'm really, really interested to see where we go from here onto the new generation. Will they change gears or will they, it's just a single-player focus game? Third-person, still, shooter. But sing, like, I'd love to see what they can do next-gen without the co-op, without all of those bells and whistles, even without a multiplayer. Imagine a Gears of War... That sort of gritty style, art style, characters, story driven, but in an RPG. Or in, so it's not third person, it's still third person, but it's not uh, cover based. Or something of that nature. I'm really interested to see where the Gears of War franchise goes. They're already mucking around with tactics, obviously, which will be out relatively oh, soon. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so upset um, about that still. <laughs> uh, you know I'm upset about that and Maybe they're announcing a console at E3. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and then obviously we've got Gears of War Pop as well so why not this is this is xbox's second biggest franchise maybe maybe forza then gears so maybe third i think it'd be disrespectful me for me to sit here and say falls is not up there um <laughs> why not do something crazy different that no one's expecting i don't know we'll see we will no see. i th i totally agree and it's exciting to see them expand the brand we'll see that with a lot of these first party titles and like you said i don't think you can that narrative shooter is just so tough to be like, hey, all of a sudden we're going to take a hard left turn, you know? That's but true. it'll be interesting to see if they could do that. I mean, we just talked about it a couple of weeks ago with Halo of like, what if Halo became a live service game, oh, just yeah. like Destiny or, you know, Ghost Recon, where you're just kind of running around in the Halo universe? You could do that for Gears. That would still be cool, too. Oh, that'd be really weird. That'd be super weird. I get what you're saying. I don't know if I'd like that. <laughs> All right, let's get into what's been in our box this week, Mike. Mike, what you been playing? You've been going for Ooh, a few weeks. I have been going. I don't even know where I've been, but I've been <laughs> playing a lot of games. I'll tell you what. So, of course, I want to start off with the biggest game of the week. That is Rage 2. I did go out there. I did purchase it. I was 50-50 on it after the first Rage way back in the day. I think I only bought Rage number one because of the Snoop Dogg advertisement because I love Big Snoop. Uh, but then I was very disappointed with how bland and how just brown it was what I was talking about with the textures and the map itself. But I bought Rage 2 knowing that the team really worked closely with the guys from Doom, and I liked Doom. I thought the shooting felt really tight. I thought the blood, the violence, the gore was cranked up to 11. Yeah. And so I took a chance on it, and man, I'm three hours in, and I am loving it right now. So for me, I think the shooting is on point. It feels just like Doom. When you have the gun in your hand, you can feel the pop on the controller. You can feel the headshots when you hit somebody. It is definitely bloody, visceral, and violent as can be. Uh, a lot of people are 50-50 right now on the driving. And actually, for me, I'm really enjoying the driving. I like the turbo boost. I like the drift. Okay. I like being able to swing the car side to side. I like the guns on the car. It actually reminds me of the Mako, if you remember, way back in the day from no. Mass Effect 1, where you'd fly that around and fly it up and down. It has the same look to it. It kind of has a very similar feel. It's much faster, of course. But, man, I'm really digging Rage 2 right now, and I'm loving kind of the side stuff they can go out and get involved with. There's some sort of nanobite technology because you're wearing this cool armor suit cool. that you can kind of upgrade your character for getting different cool uh, moves. And so I have like this force push. I put up a barrier. I can double jump. I think there's some really cool stuff in this game that will definitely keep players going. The map is gigantic. Reminds me of an Ubisoft open world game. It reminds me of Far Cry where there's 
X, Y, Z, and yeah. main story missions, side missions to do that will keep you busy. So I'm hot on Rage 2 right now. Mind you, I'm only two days in since Monday at 9 p.m., but I'm loving it right now. I have been returning to the high seas in Sea of Thieves, the ah, anniversary update, okay. and I am loving that. The game is still beautiful. The game is still big. There's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of added content. Now, I do want to preference this. What's up? Such oh, as such what? as. So there's hunting. The Megalodon now. There's pirate ghost ships that fly around that okay. are really cool. There's still the Skull Forts. There's a lot more side missions now, and there's an actual kind of story-driven mission base That's that you I can get involved you with, which I'm really excited in. But what I want to preference is, is still, no matter what you think, I just sold you well on that. Like, there's a lot of ad content. There's a lot more to do. It is still extremely slow, and it is a grind, meaning when you pick up that story mission or you want to go do a skull fort, it still takes 15 minutes to take the ship all the way over That's there. The game, Thankfully, yeah. it's beautiful, and you can zone out. On the flip side, when you're doing the skull fort, there is wave after wave after wave. Then somebody will come in and get involved, and those skull forts somehow extend to about a 30-minute to 45-minute period of like, man, are we going to get this done? How long do I have to sit here? Yeah. So it still feels like it takes a long time to get into the action or get things done. Mm. But I will say the things that they added, the quality of life experiences, the additional costumes and gear that you can buy, really, when you first turn it on, you're like, wow, this is awesome. And I've been loving it. We've been playing it for about five days now, maybe four days, and loving returning to it. So the story stuff, is it worth going in just for that? I think so, yes. Okay. I, I, I truly believe I think it's worth going in there, checking it out, feeling it out. It's definitely going to be you know, a return to form. You already yeah. know what the base game is. But to add something that's more, hey, let's keep you on a one-track mind, let's yeah. keep it linear, definitely elevates the game. Because you and I both know, and a lot of the listeners know, when you first played that game... Fix had three missions. I had three missions. Crash over there had six missions. And we'd yeah. all be putting things down. And we'd be going different directions and all over the place. The story definitely keeps you a little more linear. Instead of going all the way to one side of the map. Then going back. Then the opposite way. This one's at least like, hey, let's keep going following the points. And keeping it more tight and concise. Which I like a lot. So when you're on the stories, is there anything you're doing different to what I was doing? So what I want to preface this with what is, go get in your ship. Go to the island jump off, find a chest, jump back on, jump back on the boat, return. Is that the story mission? Is there anything else in there? Because that was my problem with the game, which is I had no problem with the premise of jump off, get the thing, but there's nothing else to grab while on the island. There's nothing else so, to do. There's nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like it always felt yeah, empty yeah. in such a big world. It felt so empty. Does it still feel super empty? Because that was my biggest gripe with the game. For me, I don't think it feels too empty right now. I think there's a lot of things. When you drop onto an island, there's different things to do. And, you know, it is very similar of go to island A, jump off. But instead of grabbing a treasure chest, now it's like, hey, go capture a pig. Go okay. grab two snakes. I want you to fish for this certain type of fish. So it gives you a little bit of variety, but it yeah. is still, it's just like okay, any fetch question. Off, go to A, them. grab that, come back to B. Yeah. And so, thankfully, there is some cool stuff. It's like, Oh, all of a sudden we're catching chickens. I have to get a chicken roost right now to make sure we put it on him. Oh, yeah. how do I get that pig? The one kid's yelling in the background, okay, you got to feed the pig with a banana. And here I am chasing it with a banana, you know? Oh, yeah. 
And I really like that. There's a really cool system right now. They have two harpoon guns on the front of your ship. Okay. And so what we were doing is, of course, you want to hook it onto the Megalodon and just let that ship fly. <laughs> but the fun part is, is if Fix goes and grabs a chest, I can actually harpoon Fix in the back and it will fly him back up to the boat. So instead oh, of him nice. swimming over to the boat and taking time, bang, I can harpoon him. There's also these cool rowboats that you can find on various islands. You can actually grab the... Uh, rowboat throw all the chests in it row back to the ship and it will actually anchor up into the ship from the back oh, now you cool. have a rowboat for life not really for life but for that game yeah, period yeah, yeah. and it makes it easier to get the uh, chest going so there's some quality of life issues that or quality of life fixes that really raise the bar on the game and i think it makes you want to play it's definitely exciting it's cool to get back to it's another great four-person co-op game yeah. they also have the arena going on which the arena is really cool if you just like that fighting style you like that faster pace action the arena is something to check out <laughs> because it's your squad versus three to four other pirate ships it's not just one-on-one -on -one. Oh, yeah. so it is kind of like oh it's mayhem out here it's wild and i really enjoyed that so sea of thieves with the anniversary update i highly recommend with xbox game pass i think you should go back into it check it out my final two games, of course, is Descenders. We talked about this a long time ago. It's the freestyle, procedurally yeah. generated yeah. downhill mountain biking game that you guys know I love. Coming from that Skate 3, coming from that Steep, coming from the Marcus McMorris Infinite wait, Air wait, Extreme wait, Sports. Wait, wait. How dare Tell you? Me. How dare you talk about Steep on my podcast? You don't like Steep? Steep was a pile of effing trash when it came out it was broken and glitchy as f they may have fixed it by the time you got there but as someone who got a review copy and was asked to string the game this guy steep was trash carry on mc fixer says steep was trash i <laughs> like all of these extreme sports because i've noticed that when i talk about those three games they've really hit the nail on the head of like what it feels like to be in a pair of skis what it feels like to be on a skateboard when you kind of play tony hawk it's a little too above and beyond you play sean white snowboarding all of a sudden you grow wings and you're flying it just it. doesn't feel realistic Both those games. like these other games <laughs> ssx tricky it doesn't feel right oh so ssx tricky it was the best <laughs> So Descenders has now fully released on Xbox yeah. and Steam on my birthday, May 7th. And so it's added two more levels. It's added a lot more content with clothing, items, cool areas that you start off with. But the biggest one for me was multiplayer. So now me, MC Fixer, and a bunch of our friends can all get together. We can do laps together, which okay. is so cool. You felt so lonely doing these awesome tricks, being by yourself. And so now for fixed to be five yards ahead of me and i see him send it and he whips a sick tail whip and then somebody behind me is doing a flip behind me it really makes it like a fun community type experience when you have a bunch of people <laughs> together so i'm loving descenders descenders is also on your xbox game pass so i highly recommend it if you liked any of those extreme sports i just said you'll really like this one they did a great job with this and this is actually the closest video game i've ever felt to what it feels like for me in real life to be on my snow bike from doing, you know, handlebar spins, doing the tail whip, carving in and out. Like that's what it feels like to be on the snow bike. And of course, any downhill biking. So they did a really good job. My final one, of course, just like I'm sure MC Fixer and everybody actually MC Fixer probably not doing this right now, but the division two oh, raid prep time. I mean, baby. we're tightening it up. We're getting that Where gear score up Where right now. At? 450, 450. Oh my God. 
Oh my god, I'm so far away. It hurts, y'all. It really. I took a month off of Division played, Two. I haven't played and now in like me. three weeks. I'm at five oh five or something. Last time, <laughs> now, I think they, they, they've me. dropped everyone down to five hundred. But I was above five. Where Where are you been, Jesus? I'm broken. I'm broken. <laughs> I'm. They announced it yesterday. Here I'm thinking, as my head is like, oh my god, we have two days to prep, yeah. and I'm at four fifty. I'm never gonna make. This. So okay, what's the plan? Because I'm sure. How many people have plan? you got? We are four guaranteed right now, all at 450. So the goal is we got to get them up this week. We'd like to do it by the end of next week, Friday, for your boy Snowbike Mike. Okay. Next week, Friday, I'd like to have it completed because I'll be talking with uh, some certain Division Two folks that I know will be wanting to talk about it. Okay, you need to hit me up because we've got a problem here, community. I'm going to tell you right now. So they've... I need to get into the don't news. Spoil, we'll talk- don't spoil the story. Don't okay, spoil okay, the story. Okay, okay, okay. We'll what get you in- need to okay. say, though, what you need to say before you talk about your games is, Mike, this is the fastest way to get X gear. I need to know how to get me and my four friends to the gear level that we need to be at. Oh, what gear gives score. you the easy. Yeah, the gear score. But, like, what gives you the most items, the quickest items to do? Do I have to redo a raid again? Do yeah, I have I to redo do... so certain what missions? What's the you? fastest? What would, what Everybody's five. Everybody's five. And you're not 450. And you're not 500. Man, I must have played no, you a fin- lot. No, you finished title base at 450. Do you? And then you're supposed to, like, rerun so things. Yeah, so I think you rerun all the strongholds. That will, that's guaranteed. To be fair, do you know what, Mike? I'm sitting here on my ivory tower right now. But, oh, <laughs> He's yeah, looking down at me. You're such a peasant. I'm a peasant. You're such a I'm peasant. A I'm such a liar because I had the one and only Tony who who was hooking Tony. me up and he was Tony. dropping me all my gear. So what you need to do is <laughs> you need to get him. If you want to get there, you should just get him with me, play with someone at 500. All their gear will be 500. They can just drop it for you. Boom, done. Okay, I'm sending a com- I'm sending out a call out to the community. Come squad Ooh, up with me. I need, need? five hundred kids. When do you want it? We're gonna play tonight. Tomorrow we're gonna play all throughout the week. So you just find a time. We'll do it. All right, we'll figure it out. I'll jump but in and help when we your get boys to the st- out. When we get to the news story, that's when we'll really lock down okay, the dates right, of yeah, like right, we'll something special. Shh, don't talk about that yet. All right, all right. I got to talk about one game first. <laughs> so I have been playing a plague tale, uh, which obviously, oh. as some of you will know. Uh, I went and interviewed the developer, uh, the creative director, David, um, this week. Thank you to uh, a, a ton of people that hooked me up with this opportunity. It was great. I went to a swanky hotel. I'm no longer embargoed. I went to the poshest hotel I've ever been in. I walked in in a hoodie, a pair of jeans and trainers. And yes, I'm a mixed race guy. I walked through the door. Everyone looked at me. A man then approached me and said, hello, sir. Uh, how may I help you? And I was like, yo, this guy, this place is bougie as fudge because no one calls me, sir. Let me tell you. I was thankful. I don't, did I have a hat on? No, I didn't have a hat on, thankfully. I didn't have a hat on. But when I did this interview uh, in this swanky hotel, um, it was amazing. I'm not going to lie. Walking into this place, I was like, wow, this is what rich people do. This is really interesting. But... Got to do that. Didn't play the game there. Got the code sent to me a couple of days later. Just rolled credits on a Plague's Tale literally half an hour before we started this podcast. So, a Plague's Tale is a story about two uh, characters, uh, Amera and uh, Hugo, a brother and sister, who don't know each other much. Um, I'm not going to spoil the game at all, because I think I truly believe this is a great, great game worth playing. Um, it is a stealth-driven, story-driven um 
game. Not action-focused or anything like that. You can play a little bit action-y, and that's sort of how I played the game, because I'm not a stealth guy. But you do need to be stealthing around a lot, most of the time. Um, but yeah, it was... I've I've been saying I've been I've been I've been caught in this moment. I don't know if you you listened to the last two weeks, right? And I said and yes. I said to you beforehand, I've been caught in this place where I'm like I don't know what to play. I don't want to play anything. All I want to play is football manager. A Plague's Tale literally a Plague Tale just turned up at the right time for me, where it was story driven about a brother and sister with a huge age gap between them, which is something I can relate to having a sister fourteen years between us, and I have a little brother that's three. So instantly i was drawn to the characters uh, it all takes place in france the inquisition is chasing you um the whole premise of it is like oh the plague they've been taken over by the plague and there's these rats that are running across the world and killing people that to me sounded super goddamn boring i'll be honest with you like even i did the interview and like as he as we're going through it i was watching i was like okay i don't know if this is my type of game i'm gonna give it a go though and as i played it and played it and played it i found myself falling more in love with the game really really did enjoy it i'm gonna do a full review over on my youtube channel youtube.com slash mcfixer um to go more in depth but if you're someone who's sitting on the fence for all this game i suggest that you play it because it's a lot of fun if you enjoy like i say story driven stealth games this is a game for you really did enjoy it pal i think it took me about 10 hours to beat so it's not like crazy long doesn't overstay its welcome um but yeah really fun really really enjoyed it but how yeah. ex how exciting! That's awesome because I've been hearing a lot of buzz about this. Yeah. A lot of people been about a lot of people been playing it, so that's good to hear that you give it a good recommendation. Because mm -hmm. you know this type of game for me is one that I normally skip. Yes. you know I don't like that kind of story driven, kind of dark and gritty yeah. old timey story. Exactly. It's not really up my alley. So this is the type of game that I would skip normally. But hearing your comments and seeing a lot of people play it, I'm like, okay, maybe. Maybe on sale. Maybe it's a cheap. I, um, maybe I'll grab it. You know, if it's not if it's not something that you're drawn to instantaneously, I definitely think it's worth picking up on sale when that when that comes at some point. Um, it's definitely worth your time though. Like I say, it's it's the attention to detail in this game from uh, music. Obviously, I'm again full full transparency. I was invited to an event to cover the game. I did an interview. They gave me a press pack. Um, they gave me a uh, vinyl, as you can see right here. Um, they, like they, I've got given stuff that has nothing to do with this game. To be honest with you, none of those things. But I thought I'd be transparent either way. Um, like I say, I just really enjoyed it. It just it caught me at the right moment. Like I say, and I think for me, it's the, its length is what impresses me the most. Most. When I asked him how long the game was, like thirteen hours. So I was like, okay, it's not. No, there's no way it's thirteen hours, and it's about eight to ten. And it is. It's about ten hours. But it was about ten hours of like really good fun and there was moments that i got frustrated because of my own problems but the game itself in its uh mechanics are pretty spot on all the all the uh abilities i'll call it but it's not really abilities because you're not magical but um all the things that you get for your slingshot all make sense in this world your only weapon is a slingshot that sounds again to me super boring it wasn't it's a lot of fun and you find different ways to take out different enemies and you have a choice to do it so yeah i, I really enjoyed it definitely suggest it definitely suggest it so yeah um let's get into the news this week mike shall we so as mike said the raid is dropping on thursday but the big 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 news that's come out in division two so the raid dropping this thursday literally tomorrow uh the big news is that the division two raids will not have matchmaking which 
I am absolutely bummed out about. But let's read this. The Division 2's upcoming Dark Hours raid will require pre-made teams of eight players, despite Ubisoft promising matchmaking for all of the game's activities. Uh, talking to a fan on Twitter, Alexandra, can't pronounce his second name, who works as part of the Division 2's marketing team, said, quote, there is no matchmaking. You will have to team up through clan lists, their friends list, or by inviting other players in the game social space before you launch the raid. I am someone that has been raid ready for Division 2. I got raid ready for Division 1, Division 2. Um, what else? What else? What else? What other games have got raids that I was ready for? Definitely those two games anyway. And the Division... Sorry. Destiny 1, Destiny 2. My apologies. Uh, Anthem, Division... you raid ready? Anthem. If that Anthem, ever happened. If that ever You're happened. ready? Exactly. Is... Mike, that's why I love I you. That's why I love you. Anthem, <laughs> exactly. I was high-end on the most of those games, right? And Division was the one for me where I'm like, oh my god, we have put a lot of hours in, me and my squad. Great. So, like, you've got me, Stu, Lexington, Tony, um, who else played with us? Yami, Crush has dropped out. I'm trying to beg him to come back. But even still, we don't have enough players to do the raid. So I was like, okay, cool. It's not a big deal because it's going to have matchmaking. I'm finally going to get to experience a raid. Finally. I've not been able to in any of these other games. And this come out, and I'm super heartbroken by it. I'm absolutely like, that's why literally like, you've got four. I'm like, huh, huh, we might, we might figure it out. We might. We're going to add up a lot of the numbers here, is right? We might figure it out, but damn, I'm I'm super heartbroken by this. How do you feel? You know, that's interesting you say that, Fix. Of course, for me, and I think everybody out there, the idea of matchmaking makes it so simple, so easy, because really, it's going to be difficult to get eight people. Yeah. Eight people At the same is a time. lot of friends, a lot of people to sync up times, ensure that everybody's raid ready. That's mm -hmm. what we're having an issue. We just talked about it, like getting all your friends ready to go, yeah. making sure that they can sit down for an extended period. This isn't a 30 to 45 minute thing. This is going to be an hour, two, two hours, hours, even longer if you're yep. failing. So you really need a lot of dedicated time. If people are dropping in and out, that's going to be an issue as well. Can you run the raid with only seven people? No, can I, I guess not. Here is when you talk about it, it's like, can you start the raid with less people? If somebody drops out, can you continue the raid? These are things that you got to start to ask yourself without matchmaking. I want everybody to know about, but for me, I'm from a different cloth of, I grew up, uh, grew up, but in years prior with destiny one and destiny two, I've gotten so custom to not having the matchmaking where we had to go onto the forums. We had to go to LFG yeah. and those were some of the most, fun and different experiences. It was in no way, shape, good or great experiences <laughs> because matchmaking or being with enough friends is always the best. Yeah. But to go out onto a forum post, find somebody randomly, join up with them and either make new friends, find a new enemy person that you never want to play video games with again. Yeah. These are some iconic moments in my life from Destiny 1 and 2 that I will never forget. And it's always tough. You go onto these LFG sites, you post, you find somebody else's post, and you just cross your fingers, and now you're placed with a group of random people that you may or may not like. They may be good. They may not be good. Then there's a lot of, you know, classism of like, oh, Fix is only – 505 or yeah. Mike's only 490. We're not yeah. playing with Mike. No yeah. way. Like that's when you're going to get issues here. And I am a little disappointed that you're not going to have matchmaking would have made the whole experience so much easier, so much more convenient. And these are going to be some questions like I brought up of, 
Can you start it with seven or six? Can you play through the whole thing if MC ha- Fixer has to go and we drop out and now we only have seven or six? What does that vibe feel like? Because this is going to be a lot of forum posting, a lot of playing with randoms, and it might taint the experience. For people who have a background, like MC Fixer just said to myself, you're already accustomed to this, so it won't change my experience, but it's not going to be as fun as if you had eight people. I think the thing that upsets me the most is the fact that they came out and said that all modes will have matchmaking. And that's why I already went in with the assumption that, oh, it's going to have matchmaking. Me, Tony, Lexington, and Stu, we can jump in and just play with four other randoms. But no, now that's not what's happening. And now I'm like, ah, and like, I'm great. I'm glad it's here. I'm glad that I'm ready to play it. And I'll jump on tonight probably and get ready even more so. But I'm a bit like, ah, this is, this is a big, big oopsie in my opinion. I'm a bit, a bit upset about it. So yeah. Another Ubisoft story we got though is Ubisoft says, (laughs) Ubisoft says tweets about a potential new Splinter Cell are joking. Uh, since publishing the story, IGN wrote this one, a Ubisoft representative told IGN that Julian was joking with his tweets regarding a potential new Splinter Cell. Uh, quote, Julian was obviously joking, as Julian likes to do. Uh, it looks like our creative directors are having fun right now. We do not have any announcements to make at this time, the Ubisoft representative told IGN via email. Uh, for those who don't know what Julian tweeted out, the creative director of Division 2 tweeted, working on our next hashtag Splinter Cell uh, with Dan uh, Haynow and Rom Kamal, Kamal? Uh, in Lyon. He continued to say, can't wait for E3. So this has got everyone in a tizzy, Mike. Everyone's everyone's like, ah, we're getting it at E3. And other people are like, no, you're really not. Don't get hyped about it, seriously. Um... Where do you fall? Do you think this is this was like a a calm, a calm before the storm? Now, if you've seen the tweets like I have, yeah. he put photos up as well with him. What were they all drinking? Little vino. They were cheers and they were laughing. They were having fun. So I think the alcohol might got the best to them, and they decided, you know what? You know what would be cool? We should all tweet this out. We should show everybody what we're doing. (laughs) And so, unfortunately for him, a good night might have turned into a little PR nightmare for the Ubisoft team as now they have to scramble and say, whoa, 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 this isn't happening. But I think it is exciting news. I think we've talked about it enough. I know they hear your cries. This is a big-time franchise for them with Sam and the team. So you know this is going to be one of those of like, People want to play this game. Mm -hmm. People are excited for this game. It has a great lineage. There's no reason why they shouldn't be doing this. And I think this is the tipping scale of everybody's talked about it. Everybody's hoped this guy has now went out with his friends and had a good time. They're cheers and they know that they're going to break the internet here at E3. And, you know, maybe you just let a little little tweet slide, you know, or (laughs) having too much fun. And now everybody's like, dang it, dude, we're going to blow up the internet. But it's still a great time. It's all in good fun. And I do believe we will see Splinter Cell within this year, next year, for sure. Interesting. 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 Not said that in a while. Yeah. I'm, I mean, Splinter Cell's never been a franchise that I really like for love and care for. The last one that I played that I enjoyed was Conviction. Me and Haley played it through co-op, actually. Um had fun with it but Splinter Cell is just not my game again stealth stealth's not my thing I like to go in and blow things up I don't like to sneaky sneaky unless it's Metal Gear Solid but even still Metal Gear Solid 5 didn't like that one I know everyone calm down calm down uh, next up Rocket Arena a new game uh, is a new free versus free Rockets only FPS 
Final Strike Games and Nexon have revealed Rocket Arena, a free v free Rockets only shooter where no one dies. Okay. Uh, and you can sign up for PC closed beta now. Headed to PC and Xbox at launch with the promise of cross-play, Rocket Arena pits teams of three cartoony characters against one another using rockets to knock others off the map. Interesting. I'm reading this along with you guys. I just posted this all in there. Uh, the more blasts a, pl uh, blast a player takes, the easier it is to knock them off. Essentially, it sounds like it's pitch between somewhere between Quake and Super Smash Bros. Quote, Rocket Arena makes uh, matches uh, take place as part of the Rocket Championship Tour on the mysterious world of Carter, where you can, where just about everything is made from our powered rockets, uh, end quote. Uh, Final Strike CEO Kevin Franklin tells IGN, quote, we're working tireless to perfect the mechanics of the game, including rocket jumping, blasting, and a returning system to create the shooter where no one dies. Our inputting, uh, tuning, projections, networking, and hit detection are balanced with feedback from our internal test team made up of pro players and professional career esports team. Element Majestic? The result is uh, an accessible 3v3 shooter that can scale up to be highly competitive S FPS. So that's the first time hearing of that, because I literally just copied and pasted it in. I read the uh, title and was like, oh, that sounds interesting. That seems really cool. Like, really cool. That seems like something that I would definitely be interested in playing right now. Um, I'm sort of falling off of the Battle Royale games fortnite's not doing it for me dan only told me not to go back to PUBG. i played a little apex the other day and i was like no no not for me um so that sounds really cool i, I like the sound of that a, a rocket placed smash bros yeah i mean it's very interesting i think when i read it in your show notes and a lot of people have been tagging me on social media saying i might like this game i've gone through the article with you watched the trailer looking at some I really like the setting. I like that cartoony, you know, kind of characteristic mm -hmm. and aspect of the art style. I kind of like the hero base. It doesn't seem hero based, but like choosing your own character, kind of yeah. falling in love with your main character. I think that's cool. That's exciting. I think it's going to be another novelty game. You kind of brought up competitive arena type feel yeah. that may last longevity. I don't think that's true any any way, shape, or form, unfortunately. It does have a cool stick to it where nobody dies. You just push each other off the arena. That's kind of cute and fun. But it reminds me of a certain game that just came out, you know, last year called Overcharged. Remember that one? Nope. That we played the three-on-three -three with the robots and the defenders. Robots were invisible. The defenders had to guard the generators, and then they would show up if you started hitting that. And so I think that was just a novelty-type arena game that had a little pop at launch and then fell off after that. And I think this game will probably be the same. I don't see this coming out and moving the needle in the shooter genre. I think when we talk about what's the next generation of shooters and what could really get the hype train going, it's Splitgate. I think that Portal Arena Halo-based game yeah. that everybody's talking about now, I got to play it at TwitchCon. That will be the next big one. But for a fun novelty, three-on-three, three, it's easy to get two other friends yeah. and go out there. This is going to be interesting. This will be exciting. I think it reminds me of something like Darwin Project as well, which was like, I remember playing that, really enjoyed it. It was a battle royale, but it lasted about a week. And that was it. And unfortunately, 
you're right, I hope it isn't the case, but this could last a month, this could last a day, this could last a week. Who knows? Who truly knows? And I'm talking about my own, perspe- own perspective of playing this game, not <laughs> everybody. But yeah, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Uh, next up, Battlefield 5's Firestorm mode is losing duo mode due to the lack of interest. Uh, duos in Battlefield 5 Battle Royale Firestorm has been officially removed by DICE. In a Reddit thread originally reported by VG247, DICE community manager Freeman explained that the mode has failed to consistently draw enough players who, who, sorry, who instead preferred solos or squads. Duos was originally launched at, as a, a limited time mode in April and was subsequently removed not long after, according to Freeman. Enough players voiced their interest in duos for DICE to implement it as a permanent mode. Quote, since then, we've seen more folks jump back into squads mode with less uh, preferring, uh, sorry, less preferring to firestorm it up in duos. So we're going to get back to the original plan today and we've disabled its matchmaking, Freeman wrote. Mike, you, have you played this mode? Have you played this Battle Royale? I did play this. Any good? It's not that good. Ah. We had to talk about it, so here's the issue. Oh, did we? I, did I forgot. <laughs> no, no, no. This, we had to talk about it when the game first came Got out and you. how disappointed I was that the Battle Royale was going to be pushed mm-hmm. until March, way after the window of its release. We knew that it always competes with Call of Duty and with the bigger and badder genre that is Battle Royale and games continuing to come in that change the landscape from Apex Legends, Fortnite, certain games that change the dynamic. This should have been out right away with come out the gates to try to compete against Call of Duty's blackout mode. Of course, it did not. Here we are about five months later, almost six months later. Mm -hmm. This game finally releases in March, this game mode. And it's cool. It's exciting. It's Battlefield. Battlefield has a different vibe from Call of Duty and Apex Legends and Fortnite. It has a certain shooting style. It has a certain class mentality. And, you know, it was all cool and fun. When at first you tried it, but there was a lot of quality of life issues. The population was not big enough. It was too late on the hype train. And as you're seeing it right now, there's not enough even to keep duos alive. It was supposed to be a limited time thing. But when you have duos, that's really MC Fixer talks about it. He preferred duos. He likes solos. He doesn't like getting into these threes or four base because sometimes it's erratic. Sometimes you can't control the flow of the game. I really like duos in PUBG where... I know if we're going to engage with somebody, it's only two people. Yep. Sometimes when you get four, somebody's over there, some guy's behind you all of a sudden, and you just get surrounded by certain yep. teams, and it doesn't feel right. When you play duos, you're in more control, and that's a big-time game p- type in your du- in your Firestorm mode that you have to have. And heartbreaking to hear, we knew this. When they said this game mode is going to come out in March, it was already done. Dead. They should have just stopped this right dead in the water, Too and I think they spent- had to. Exactly. Too much marketing, too much money poured into this. They had to do it. But I think what will be the next big story is next Battlefield. Guess what? We're never going to see again. Battle Royale. They're going to stick to their big 40 on 40 conquest. They're going to stick to what they want to do. They will never do another Battle Royale. They've learned their lesson. They've lost that uphill battle. When we talk about it, you know who did survive? Call of Duty survived. You know who's making a big splash? Apex Legends. Yep. Fortnite is still alive. These guys were able to make it happen like we talked about. Battlefield, it's gone in the wind just like the Darwin Project, just like that one where you're fighting off sharks. Realm it's Royale, over, unfortunately. All the others. Yeah, all Realm Royale. Yep, 
I totally, you're 100% right, dude. You really are. It's a shame, but, and do you know what? The, I'll move the stories around real quickly. But it's really interesting they didn't wait because there's reports going out that Battlefield 5 and, why, oh, Jesus, Battlefield 5 and A Way Out uh, will be joining the EA vault. Obviously, um, that's a rumor that, that apparently leaked um, from the PlayStation announcing that they're getting EA access finally. But would you not have waited to see how many people started playing it once it goes into EA Access, like it seems kind of hasty to not wait until. I, I, I assume a lot of people are going to download the game. I'll definitely play it once it's in EA Access, but I probably won't play it until then. Maybe it, was it costing that much money to keep the duo mode in to wait until there's a boom in P player base and see how many people stick around then. How many people really have EA access that are interested in jumping to a battle royale that maybe they've never played that's kind of on the decline? Me. It's tough to be – yeah, you, but I don't think the casual audience would be like, you know okay. what, I can step away from my Apex Legends. I can step away from my blackout mode. I, I just don't think it does it. And when I say the quality of life issues were there, it was heartbreaking to play that game. They did not figure out the loot system like Call of Duty, like PUBG and Apex has done. This was like you would be staring at the ground after killing somebody and weapons would just be everywhere. You have to uh... smash things in the middle of the battle. There was no bring up a menu and choose one by one or clearly seeing what was happening. It yeah. was it was heartbreaking and mayhem out on the battlefield to try to figure this all out. It just didn't feel right. And unfortunately, you know, we talk about a Battlefield has such an iconic type of game with that Levolution feel, with the weapons, with the tanks, with the airplanes. And when you add that into a Battle Royale, man, that's really cool of like, if I saw MC Fiction and his crew in this house, I'm going to rocket launcher it down or I'm going to run through it with the yeah. tank. That's cool, but it just didn't make that kind of feel to it, unfortunately. Mm. Shame. Next up, take two's... Uh... Q4 2019 earning report. Red Dead Redemption 2 has sold over 24 million copies worldwide. Rockstar Games' parent company of Take-Two Interactive have released their reported earnings for the past quarter, which ended up March ended March 31st, 2019, and net uh, net revenue grew 539 million as compared to the same quarter a year ago, which was 430. Uh, sorry, 453 million. Take two, a repurchase 1.12 million for 100 million. Don't even know what that means, but cool. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 and Red Dead Online. Red Dead Redemption 2 is now sold 24 million uh, with worldwide only selling 1 million copies in the last three months. Take-Two Interactive has said uh, that it still sells better than expected. Red Dead Online uh, will be coming out of beta this quarter, meaning it will uh, come out of beta by the end of June. So, yeah. Apparently, also, to add, GTA is meant to be still selling well. So, there are some numbers for you number nerds. Ha, nerds. Am I right, Mike? What a bunch of nerds. Come on. Two plus two equals three, baby. Nerd. Straight. Um, <laughs> but, yes, exciting news. We knew that Red Dead would sell well. I just knew in the back of my mind it wouldn't be as gigantic as Grand Theft Auto Never. Five. It's just a different vibe with that Western feel and really the add-ons that you can do. But good to hear it's selling well. I think one of the quotes in one of these articles was like, it's actually on pace with Grand Theft Auto Five when that first release yeah. and this first release. So that's good to hear that it's still on the incline. Of course, Fix just said it. GTA Five is still selling well. That was years ago. So oh, we'll see what Red five. Dead looks like. 
And it's funny you bring that up. I was actually at work a couple of days ago. I saw a friend of mine who used to own the local video game store here. He has a lovely daughter, and she is addicted to Red Dead 2. Oh, really? She looked at me. He looked at me. He goes, smiles. He goes, oh, you know, she just beat Red Dead 2 for the 10th time, Mike. She's loving it. I looked down, like, stunned, like, excuse me? Are you speed running it? What are you doing? She goes, I just like to catch the horses. I really like horses. It's my favorite game. <laughs> and she is addicted to Red Dead. It was awesome to hear. And it's though. nice to know that there's an audience that is interested in that. Yeah, no, definitely. That's dope. That's actually really cool. Oh. Next up, WWE 2K Studio creating a rival wrestling IP. Veterans WWE 2K developers, Yuki, Yuka, Yuki, Y-U-K-E. How do I say that? Yukas? I'm going to go with Yuki. I like Yuki. Yuki has established a new development team uh, tasked with creating a new wrestling IP. The Japanese studio, which was, which is behind 20 years and 70 million in sales of licensed wrestling games, has established a new team in order to create an internal competition for its WWE projects and rejuvenate its staff. Senior Vice President and Producer... Hyona Homi, Home, damn it, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to butcher your name. Hyomi told VGC uh, the studio's latest release of WWE 2K19 was widely considered to be a return to form. I want to interject here, end quote. I call bullshit, the game sucked. Back into the quote. But otherwise, it has been critical, uh, has been criticized in recent years for a decline in quality. Um, the gentleman's name, confessed uh, Yuku's has become frustrated with what it has been able to achieve with recent WWE games and suggests that its relationship with the publisher 2K Sports, America Studio, visual concept also contributes to the WWE 2K series. It's partly responsible. Another contributing factor is the lack of competition in the wrestling genre, she said. I'm going to leave it there. I 100% agree. As as most of you know, I loved the wrestling games. Obviously, WWE games have always been fun to me, except for since 2K has got them. 2K have run that genre into the ground. So I'm super thankful that somebody else is going to come out with another um, wrestling IP for a little bit of competition. And as long as you give me a create-your-own-character story mode, I'm in. That's all I need. Literally, that's it. Don't try and 2K this. Don't try and microtransaction. Don't try and any of that crap. Just give me a back to two, WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2009. Had to create your own career mode. Or the Road to WrestleManias. Or all of it. It used to be so good, Mike. And now it's so trash. And it upsets me. You know, for me, it's always been wrestling is so fluid, fast, fanatic. And it's so tough oh, to capture KD. those... Arcades, I, I would say in the real wrestling, oh, right? Like bad. real life wrestling, it's very tough for sports games to kind of transcend what you know you and I would see on a television yes. screen, what you would do if you were actually participating in that sport. And so it's tough to like turn this into a video game. And I think wrestling has always had that disconnect, even since N64 days no, and beyond. See, the like, arcade style it ones just are really doesn't... good. Correct. When you go Arcadian fun, like, you know, NBA streets, you go NFL street, those kind of change it up. When you try to make a Simulation. truly dynamic game like FIFA, like Madden, yeah. like NBA, it's very tough for a game like that to truly transcend and make it feel right. So 
it will be interesting to see what they do. Do they go with the arcade side? Do they go with the real-life simulation? I think that's where maybe WWE 2K went wrong of, like, they were trying to get down to the nitty-gritty and make it feel oh. like you are Roman Reigns in WrestleMania. Yeah, it's, and it's tough to make that happen. It's just, it's not fun. And I think that's the whole point of video games. It's meant to be fun. And WWE, WWE games since 2K's had them, in my opinion, are just not fun anymore. The, I prefer the arcade style. I don't need the photorealistic everything. I just want good gameplay first of all. I don't want a simulation of match. Because wrestling matches are slow and meticulous and tell a story. And you can't do that in a video game. Like, it just doesn't work. That's not what it's about. It's it's about getting your finisher as quick as possible and doing your super and then tombstone power bombing someone off the top ropes or whatever it is and doing it ten times over because it's an arcade style. It's not do your special and then crawl across the floor for ten hours to reach the rope and it's like no, I don't need any of that. Just give me the arcade style. That is what I want. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I mean, competition always breeds excellence. We saw that NBA Live back up till 2008 was the hot thing in town for NBA. Then NBA 2K really returned to form with yep. 2K8 and 2K9 and took over the scene. We even saw NBA Live die out for a little bit yep. when they've tried to make their return. We see it with Prez Soccer and FIFA Soccer. Both those guys elevate each other to make them better each and every year. So hopefully somebody can inject some blood and get this franchise a little bit better. But for me, wrestling has never been right. I mean, the arcade versions, yes. I love Punch Punch doing dumb stuff. Yeah. When you try to play WWE 2K, it just never feels right to me. Exactly. But let's remember, you, you said soccer and it's football, all right? Let's remember that. Let's remember that. Sorry. Football, just, just yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. remember that, all right? Just, just, I'm the host of this show. When you host this show, then you can call it soccer. Until then, football. Uh, next up, Rockstar has acquired Darava? Darava? Interactive. Did I say that right? I'm trying to do phonetics here. Uh, Interactive from Starbreeze for $7.9 The Indian art production studio joins Red Dead Redemption uh, publisher as Starbreeze continues to struggle. Um, there's more to go along with this. It's just about how Starbreeze is really struggling. I read a report the other day that Starbreeze could be out of uh, business by the end of the year, they reckon. So, really sad to see what's happened to Starbreeze, but honestly, they only have themselves to blame with poor per uh, poor publishing decisions for effing over the payday community when they did, um, and the mon um, a few other things. So, I feel bad because it's going to cost people their jobs, obviously, but this is just another example of how to not run a company. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is step one, like you said, in that article that was posted, you know, early this week into last week of them kind of not going to make this happen anymore. This is step one. Now you got to start selling off assets, hoping that you can get financial backing. Here's 7.9 million for a certain part of your team. How long can you stay afloat now with that? What's going to be the next step? How are you going to make this happen? The Walking, Dame was, uh, Walking Dead game was such a flop. After Payday series really had some fun stuff, that a unique game that people were interested in. Yes, it kind of messed up with the community, but they had an interesting game. And like you said, that was an odd move to step away from Payday and do this with The Walking Dead. I understand you get an IP, you get a license like that. You want to double down on it, but clearly it didn't pay off for them. Yeah, well, they messed up with the payday community when they put in the skins and they said there was never going to be microtransactions and then there was and it was just a whole, a whole thing. 
Last story, Dauntless has a release date now on Xbox. Dauntless is set to be released on Xbox One uh, on May 21st. Originally, Dauntless was set to launch on console in April, but was pushed back to summer, the free-to-play action RPG. Um, I only heard about Dauntless because of Crash. Crash talked about it once and asked me to sign up to a beta. I did and then never played it, but it's like a, it's supposed to be like a Monster Hunter type game. Um, they Correct. come out and said that it, that Monster Hunter is the reason they pushed it back. They saw how well that did and wanted to make some tweaks to their own game. So we shall see how that performs out on consoles. Free to play, how is it going to be monetized and things of that nature? We shall see. Yeah, I'm super excited for Dauntless. Uh, this is one that caught my eye a lot first revealed it actually at first when you watched the trailer when it was first revealed a long time ago it looked like uh evolve it looked uh, like a yeah. three-on-one type situation where you would always have to have somebody playing against you but it looks like it's changed over the years into a more monster hunter style game and i think this is a big one for fans that are looking at monster hunter i know you talked about it a couple weeks ago of like monster hunter is very in-depth it's big it's beautiful it's mm-hmm. bad ass with those cool monsters but you know, the systems within it to grind and get certain items really takes some time. Oh, yeah. And so it kind of puts people off of like, do I really want to pay $60? And then on top of that, this new DLC is coming out. That's another $40. So like, are you really going into it with on all Game this? Pass? Or here's a, here's a free-to-play game. Bang, you can go play that instead. That's Monster Hunter-like. It is on Game Pass. Monster Hunter? Mm-hmm. Dang, people, get out there and play that. It's it, a dope game. It is on Game Pass. Mike? This is where we go into fix a sack. Uh, you can email in myxboxandmepodcast at gmail.com. Um, I am now taking in E3 predictions. Remember, myself and Mike will do a predictions episode the week before E3, I think we'll do it. The week before. Yeah. Are you here the week before? Because I know you're going away for E3. We will be doing a predictions episode a week before. You can catch MC Fixer live streaming reactions. Yep. He will Skype me in from the show yep. floor where I'm going to hold the new Xbox Anaconda oh and or Lockhart right in my hands. Me and Phil Spencer, we're going to be buddy-buddy. We're going to be chumming it up, high-fiving. Fix is going to call like, hey, what's going on, Mike? You're here on the live reaction show. I'm going to show you the Xbox right up close and personal. Apparently, that's all going to happen, what we'll say. But I'm taking the predictions from people. They will not get read out yet. But if you would like to send in your predictions via email, or if you'd like to send in your predictions via email and via voice note, I'd love to play them on the show. So if you want to send in a voice note saying, hey, I'm Mr. Moody, and these are my three predictions, I think, that's it. So I can get us through a few people. Uh, but yeah, starting to take in predictions from people. I will hold them all together. Um, so please email in yours for E3. That will be the Xbox show we will do predictions for and all of the others here on this podcast. So please do. Cool. Let's get into the emails. And we've got a couple here, Mike. First thing first says, hi, MC Fixer. I've liked what I've seen so far with Breakpoint, but as I've been burned with Ubisoft games before, uh, so I'm holding judgment. So I've applied for the beta, and I have seen, I've seemed to have decent luck getting into them. I really enjoyed Wildlands, though. Never completed it. Played 80 hours. I got to the point where the difficulty was just about doable, but not as much fun as when it uh, was a bit easier. That may be because I play single. I play it single player. As the as to gaming currently, I've gone back to replaying old stuff. 
not I've not really seen anything this year that's grabbed me. So I've just completed Final Fantasy 13 and I've just started Final Fantasy 13 2. I've gone through the slumps before. There are years where I barely play games or take to or take 2018. Uh, my Xbox may as well be in a box. I basically played Switch games or PS4 or even Wii U and Vita. I've often dived into books or films instead, even at the moment I'm reading more than I have in a long time. Interesting. Interesting. So, the question I'd have for you, this is from uh, Jonathan Stead, by the way. I missed the name, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, why are you in your slump? Is the question I'd like to ask first of all. Like, I know, I know why I'm in my slump, because there just doesn't seem to be games that jump out at me. I know you said that. But, so, you're sounding like um, a playstyle, Devil May Cry, uh, Sekiro, um, Days Gone, Resident Evil, Resident Evil, um, Life is Strange, Rage 2, um, I can keep going, Mortal Kombat, none of those speak to you? What type of games are you into, would be the question I ask you next. But, let's talk a little bit about Breakpoint, because you've not had a chance to talk about it, Mike. I went to the Ubisoft event. <sighs> And got to uh, go there. No, you're rubbing elbows with I'm, people. I'm always rubbing elbows. I'm out here like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need a lot of room. I need, I'm a big boy. Please move out of the way. Um, what did you think of Breakpoint? Oh, I'm super excited for Breakpoint. I thought it was an awesome one to come out, have a big reveal trailer with the live stream. If you stuck around for them when they took questions with the developers. I thought it was an awesome morning of Ghost Recon action. I am a big fan of of Ghost Recon Wildlands. I thought that was super fun to play co-op with friends, to be going around that cartel area and just doing dumb and crazy things. I think this is going to be a little more ratcheted down than yeah. that instead of like whipping a motorcycle off a cliff and trying to do something dumb. It's going to be like, hey, let's try to get a little more military on it. But I am very excited. I think it's going to be super exciting. I think the classes will add a little bit more elevation to what you saw in Wildlands. At Definitely. first, I was a little upset. I liked being kind of free. I liked putting on any gun. I liked just doing dumb and crazy things with the weapons I had. I think you can still choose any gun, but I think now it's going to allow you to have perks. It's going to allow you to have certain things that will kind of raise you from a difference of what MC Fixer's running as maybe the medic and I'm the drone guy. Yeah. So I think that will be cool and unique. I'm really all for this. I like the big open world games. I like playing it with friends. I think they did a great job with Wildlands. So Breakpoint, it's going to be a lot of fun. And you know, I want to battle the Punisher. I want to fight <laughs> Shane from The Walking Dead. Okay, John Bernthal, I'm coming for you. And Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yeah, Wildlands for me is I enjoyed the beginning part of it and then realized it had absolutely no substance. Um, and I, can Im I don't even know how... Uh, you played uh, 80 hours, uh, Stead, because, Jesus, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I was, I was solo as well. Like, if you're like Mike said, if you're playing with friends and jumping motorbikes and running around killing people, cool. But I found that it was, I found the way I played that game was very much grab a helicopter, go to where I need to, jump out of the helicopter, shoot, 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 and done. That was it. For me, the game that had no substance, it made me not play it any different. So, yeah, I agree with you with the class system and stuff like that. It should be really different and make me play differently as well. So, that should be fun. 
but thank you for the email nonetheless. Yeah, oh, and really quick touch on fatigue. Please. Everybody deals with fatigue. Fix can tell oh, you that. Yes. I can tell you that. I've I've now hit an achievement on my Twitch streams where I've streamed now over a thousand hours in my Twitch career. Now I don't think that goes back to 2015, but really <laughs> I've streamed a thousand hours playing video games, basketball, life in general. Everybody deals with fatigue. And it's nice to hear that you're trying something different. You sometimes read some books. You're playing your Vita. You're playing your Wii U. That's the best part about gaming in general is there's so many options. If you're not feeling something, you can go back and play in your backlog. You can go up and pick up a new console and play something different. There's a time period a couple months ago where I had purchased a PlayStation 2 and I was playing all the old street games from NBA Street, NFL street fifa street and it's like mike why are you doing that it's like you know what i'm just bored of what's happening right now i want to play i do think like fix said you have a lot of great game titles that came out this year we've had an insane quarter one of 2019 like to the point where i'm just drowning in new video games that i, I really so. love oh totally i think we're gonna look back on this and be like dang this was insane y'all no this was way. a lot of games i'm on the, I'm on the total totally. opposite end of that i feel like this year's gaming has been super boring like obviously oh, i've no. been so thankful that resident evil come out because that game blows everything else out of the water but without that what else has really come out that's like blown people's socks off i think you and i should have a mid game of the year talk here after e3 because when it. you Let's look back yeah. on the games that came out you're gonna be surprised of like wow all these games came out in like a six month period this is a lot of video games and a lot of high quality games that you could play and I'm telling you, Fix, I mean, we've been blessed to start off this year with some cool games that we've got to play. All right, Game of the Year watch once week after E3. Oh, actually, that'll be, that'll be Let's results. That'll be results. So we have to week after that, all right? Okay, you cool. got a deal. All right, we'll do it. We will do it. We could just do it next week, to be honest with you. I'll start prepping now if you want to. Let's we might as well. Week. All right, let's do it next week. Okay. Deal. <laughs> all right, next email. Dear Fix, Xbox is set to have a big showcase at E3 this year, filled with surprises and console-exclusive world premieres. One of my favorite E3 moments of last year was the big reveal of the original, that wasn't last year, it was the year before, original Xbox games joining backwards compatibility catalog. They've already brought some great games into the program, but what games are you still on your wish list for OG Xbox games backwards compatibility? Thanks for all you do. Chris, aka your boy, C. Nelson, 118. Nelson, thank you very much for the email. I mean, I've got a couple already on the top of the dome straight away. Simpsons Hit and Run, number one. Must have. Why is that not backwards compatible? I guess because it's licensed. I guess because it's licensed. But, fantastic game. Dino Crisis 3, another original Xbox game, exclusive original Xbox game. Why is that not backwards compatible? Why is that not backwards compatible? Um, and I think that's about it for me. Those are the two that pop in my head straight away. Dino Crisis 3, Simpsons Hit and Run. I could go Simpsons Road Rage. Great game again. Could be on there. Why not? I mean, I don't. Yeah, that's that's about it though. What about you, Mike? You got any any in, in your head? I, I, I couldn't give you any. I, I think I'm just blanking right now because it was so long ago to think of when I was playing my OG Xbox yeah. back at my house and, like, checking all that out. The only thing, when I think of the OG Xbox, two things pop into my mind. The startup screen with Flubber in there <laughs> and then the controllers and how weird it was to 
plug the controller in, but then have like that half inch yeah. of dongle where you'd replug it in. Those are really the only thing that come to my mind. No games stick out to me. I got Fusion Frenzy. I love Fusion Frenzy. I think more of the Xbox 360 generation is where I could start naming games off left, right, and center. But that OG Xbox, I might have been too young, might have jumped on a little bit too late for me to really say, you know what? That's well, where I remember things. I've been on you know? record in saying that I didn't own an original Xbox. I was a PS2 kid. So I remember borrowing one for a little while because I played Halo and Simpsons Hit and Run um, on the original Xbox and Hulk. I remember Hulk being a launch title game, if I'm not Was mistaken. Halo 2 on the original Xbox? Yeah. Yes. Oh, then that's the only game that I ever cared about. That yeah. game changed my life. That's the only thing we cared about. Yeah, that's already on there. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, um, that's all. I don't know what. The, I don't think we'll get. I, honestly, I don't think you're going to get any of that, Nelson, at this one. At all. You don't I, think they'll. I think you don't think strictly, they'll stay a minute of stuff like that? Nope. I think it's new console, new games, world premieres, what our new studios have been working on, but we'll get on, get into all that at another time. Don't do well, it, Mike. You don't know what would it. be a perfect time? <laughs> I, I'm not going to do it right now, but you know what a perfect time for that kind of announcement would be? Go on. The day after the E3 press conference for the Xbox, Inside and Xbox live show down in LA. Exactly. Exactly. You, you know I mean, I'm feeling the Xbox right now, you know? We're shooting it off, I mean, man. You're a smart call guy. up Major call up Major Nelson. Tell him we'll be down there. We'll be ready to jump on stage. Well, you will be down there. I I, I won't. I, I won't. <laughs> um my plane ticket never came in the mail. I was waiting for you to pay for it. It never happened. You know, just just Anyway, next anyone. Hello everyone. Hope all is well uh, with you. You're kicking butt and playing some games. My question is about E3. Do you think Nintendo will appear on the Xbox conference? And if they do, do you think uh, what do you think it will be? Thank you and stay glorious. Your friend, Mr. Moody. Moody, thank you so much for the email. No, I don't think Nintendo will appear on Xbox's stage, but I do think Xbox will appear in Nintendo's direct. Okay. <laughs> I mean that that's a good one. I like we talked about. I said how exciting it would be to be in the press conference with all the bright green around you and then all of a sudden the color just changes to that vibrant Nintendo red. red they yeah. give a small presentation, but after what we saw with GDC where the hype was all about like Game Pass could be coming to Nintendo. What's going to happen here? And it really didn't pan out that way. Nothing Not. really grabbed our socks like that. I think we're kind of past that moment. I don't think we're going to have anything big. Maybe you see something at Nintendo's Direct. I just don't see any game, any service that like crosses paths where all of us look at each other and go, now would be the moment to announce that. It's big enough. It's exciting enough. Nothing really jumps out at me right now to this day, a month out of E3, that says, you know what? That would be the right time to put on the big red. I mean, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense for Nintendo to be on Xbox to showcase. Xbox are bringing things to the Nintendo. Nintendo's never going to bring anything to Xbox. Like, Well, no, they, they bring it on the conference to put the vibrant red up and be like, hey, we're partnering with Nintendo. So now everybody that's kind of a casual fan or like on the fence about Xbox next generation, they'd be like, oh, snap, like that's awesome. It's going to speak with my Switch. Now I should go with this over the PlayStation 5. See, I think that's more a Nintendo um, conversation because I feel like that's a hey, your Nintendo Switch can now do more things, not your Xbox can do more things. Do you get what I'm saying? 
I mean, I feel both sides of that, right? But I think with Xbox, so Nintendo's so unique, right? They're selling a portable handhold handheld that can become a home console. On the flip side, Xbox is behind. We've always talked about that behind, they're behind. Yep. They're doubling down on services. They're trying to be the best place to game. This is a message that Xbox needs to bring to elevate that status once again to get you excited about buying that console i think xbox would have to say it you say it over at nintendo this is nintendo fanboys these are people that bought a switch they don't really care about an xbox or they don't see the value i think you have to give it to xbox fans to make them feel the value of people on the fence of like oh man we're we're raising the we're raising the, the xbox's value right now with nintendo switch partnerships yeah see i just i totally see it the opposite way i just don't see it benefiting Xbox to have Nintendo there. I see it benefiting Nintendo to have Xbox there. Just, just my point of view, though. Just my point of view. Thank you for the mood. Uh, thank you for the moody. Thank you for the email, moody. Appreciate you. Let's plug, 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 and get ourselves out of here. Before I do that, though, Mike, I want to say that there is an interview after the plugs. I did get to sit down with a Playstyle creative director, um, and I'm going to put up the whole our interview it might be cut down a little bit because there, there was some bits and bobs in there you don't need to hear um so there's gonna be an interview after this if you did check out my interview and you want to see the video version it's on my youtube channel but until then thank you all let's plug 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 and then go into that interview mike what have you got to plug this week what is going on everybody it's your boy snowbike mike reminding you that you can find all my social accounts at snowbike mike and the only thing i got to plug right now is patreon.com slash mc fixer you can get a lot of awesome content you can get cool gifts and goodies with a certain tier that you're on you're supporting mc fixer and the my xbox and me team so please go on out there go support the patreon go support mc fixer the lovely gal Haley. and like you do technically support me by doing that, but like you don't, but like you do, you know what I mean? It keeps the lights <laughs> on for this podcast. Put it this way. If you don't do that, I might not have a podcast to come on weekly. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it, my dude. Um, go follow Mike everywhere at Mike, especially on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Mike. He's usually live when I'm asleep, which is perfect because I'm, I'm usually live when I'm awake. So that's how it works. So we've got you covered on most of the time frames. Uh, other than that, remember, if you've got Amazon Prime, you've got Twitch Prime every 30 days, you have to give away a sub. If you don't want to give it to me, I get it. I suck at streaming. Snowball Mike's actually pretty good, though. So you should probably give it to him. Uh, and yeah, like I say, enjoy this interview. And until then, love you, leave you, and see you all later. I don't want to talk too much. No, you've got to talk. That's the best part. Yeah. I know you want the art. You want the art to yeah. I want you to dive into know, the thing, know, but no, I'm I'm joking. <laughs> so let's talk all the time. <laughs> when I get on my own, and, but you know, I, it's, I sit it, down and I just play it from. That's when I'll experience. For now, I need to get, got to get to know you. You've got to, got to charm you. Haven't yeah, you? yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll try to do my best. <laughs> so for anyone who hasn't doesn't know about the game. How do you summarize it for people? Uh, um, it's a really the story about two kids, Amicia, that yeah. you can see here, and her little brother that she don't really know. That's the reason why they are talking about it right now, a little bit, like, suggesting that she's not, she, do, she, she doesn't really have access to him. And um, that will be the starting point for them of their relationship is that they will have to be 
very courageous because all of what we are seeing right now, which are the ordinary world, yeah. uh, will basically disappear. And as kids, they will have to survive, um, even if they have they are chased by inquisition and and at some point hordes of rats. And I would say it's a third person survival adventure game. Yeah. Yeah, when I was when I was obviously when I first found out the game, that's was actually really what interests me was the survival element. And um, I've seen I've watched some interviews you've done before, and the fact that it's like it's not fully it's not action focused as such and stuff like that. And for me, it's like nice. It's a nice different experience. Yeah, we we've tried to not. I mean, we wanted to be as sincere as possible with the character, mm. which sometimes. It's, there is an interesting moment in the game which were more action, yeah. uh, especially early in the game, but it was not sincere with the characters. characters and we, we decided to, to stick to the plan and to, and to be sincere with them. And uh, it actually adds to the tone of the game and, and to the story and even to every single moment of the game. Yeah. Because finally, because if we stick to this, I believe, we believe that yeah. it's, it makes the overall thing even more immersive and you care for what it's, you're well, doing. It's more realistic as well, obviously. If, if you've yeah. two characters here that are not Stone Cold Killers, why yeah. are they going around exactly. doing that? It was a way to introduce some, somehow how the characters react yeah, to, the, yeah. to your presence and what are the rules. And at the same time, that this thing is not yet very powerful. At the same time. So, are you as you progress through the game? Are you upgrading? Yes, uh, there is some. Weapons? There is some little crafting element in the game. Um, it's light, but it works. You can really, at at the end of the game, uh, have different uh, approach depending of the type of branching. I would say you have. Got it's it. pretty light. It's not the point of the game, but. Yeah. So on the, on that fact of the point of the game, to you, what is the point of the game? Is it story driven? Um, that is what it's about, and that's what you want people really to. Experience. I guess people will say it's very story driven. Okay. And but honestly, when we did it, it was we tr we really tried to blend as much as we can gameplay and story. Got it. So obviously, it's not a multiplayer EV <laughs> skill based well, type no of game. There's no Battle Royale. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm yeah, it, 100 rats to drop in, and <laughs> it's it's not you know it's not a Tales Tale type of game, no. or it's definitely there is gameplay into it, yeah. and there is skills to have, but mm -hmm. it's it's really about this journey about the characters he seems like a good dad he's he could, a good dad he could have easily have said we'll get you another dog and yeah. i know parents like that uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> no no he cares about her and he cares even i would say even more because he knows she's not very comfortable with the relationship he has she has with her mother and oh, and, right. and especially with her little brother that's the beginning of the, again, as, as I yeah. was saying, the beginning of the relationship. So I think Robert, the father, Robert Darun, tries to compensate a little bit. So Got he on. wants to show yeah. her that he's there for her. Lateral relationships. When you have younger siblings, 
obviously they get more attention. Uh, there's a 14 year gap between me and my sister, and that was very hard for me because I was like, hey, I'm the I'm the one, mum, me, 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 and then obviously that relationship changes. And similar, my dad tries to, would try, obviously I'm a grown man now, but my dad would try to overcompensate, no, don't worry, I still like, still, he's still trying to give you that motivation and yeah. things of that nature. It's interesting because the, the discussion we have right now is a discussion we had internally okay. a lot because obviously all of this is fed with some personal feelings yeah. sometimes. Which is how the best stories come along. Ex yeah, you, you always need to have a step back to not implement it as it is. Yes. But it, so that's the reason why there is several <laughs> trajectory, personal trajectory blended here. Obviously, sound is so important in today's games. And I think for me, I'm obviously I'm someone who plays with headphones on all of the time, yeah. so I can experience that and be sort of immersed in fully. Yeah, and it seems like that's I think you will. You will enjoy this then yeah. because it's really about that being in the I, b I believe so what we are doing this interview this way because it needs to be but it's typically the type of experience you need yeah. to I've played with friends yesterday just showing them what it was yeah. they were they never had the chance to see it and I was not very enjoying it because we were like talking about it all together yeah. and honestly it's a little bit like a movie you yeah. know you don't want people to talk <laughs> you want to just sit that's what that's what I'm getting from it um, yeah obviously we got we got to make content yeah, exactly <laughs> but I know that but that's why I like doing this is what I'm saying like you play and I'll talk because for me it's a case of I can sit back relax see what the game is ask the questions I want to ask and hopefully people get the answers they want but when I get to get my hands on the game and get to play it myself I can be fully immersed. Exactly. On, That's the way I think we, it needs to be played, yeah. So why this game? Why was this the game that you and the team decided on? Why, obviously, I know the process was probably uh, one that you had to make a decision on probably multiple ideas, I assume. Is that true? Did, were there other things that you could have made, but you all decided this was the one? Um, we, it's, it's, it's interesting because we were, at some point, we were like, okay, now as a studio which were not very well known for this type of experience, we had to make a very strong decision to invest in, into a prototype and for the independent studio as yeah. us, it was really a thing. So the framing was pretty clear, it was middle age because it's universal and uh, you know, it, middle age, or European middle age has an echo everywhere on earth. Yeah. And um, but as French and as a European, we can bring something real to the approach. You know the way the stones are actually carved, the detail on the plates, on the every, on the even on the clothes, extra, extra. And especially in Bordeaux, we we live every day in in this type of place where, yeah. And so we felt that it was the good place, the right moment for us to try to really take advantage of something that we were comfortable with culturally and that was not so much exposed in video game. I mean, middle age, if we, ex if we put on the side everything which is heroic fantasy, which yeah. is different, um, there is not so many, there is not so many middle age type of uh, mood in, the, in, the, in this area. And we were very uh, shocked at this time, at the beginning, still shocked by um, experience like Last of Us, for example. Yeah. So we were, it was the starting point. Let's do a third person character game. Yeah. Because we, we had experience and a good engine to do this. 
and uh, with something which is universal enough to be successful, but at the same time something in, in, in a style, uh, an area of uh, history where we know where we are culturally, we can bring something. And I think the games reflect that there is some, we have Authenticity. Yeah, as well, exactly. Really Thank like you for helping yeah. for the world. It, it was. Exactly. Sounds like that's what it sounds like to me. It's the fact that it was you're drawing from like we said beforehand. The story draws from your own people's experiences mm. that you that people have been through. And it, but is that from you where the team are at as well? It's like, well, we know how to make something look this beautiful, this amazing, and feel the way it's meant to feel as well. Exactly. So that's the reason why we. It was very important that we could be sincere with everything yeah. because we wanted to make an experience which really touched people. Yeah. And you need to be sincere at some point. You need to make this leap of faith at 100%. some point. Mommy will be back soon. I like this moment where you can. They are cute. But you See, can't I've got, tell. I've got goosebumps because I had that experience myself. Really? Uh, yeah, because I've got a three-year-old brother who doesn't actually know me very well because I'm, I'm 26, I've moved down and stuff. And when I go see him, he's pretty scared of me. I love what you're saying. Yeah, so you actually gave me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love because, again, basically everything is there yeah. in this scene. They don't really know each other. Hugo will be completely counted, I would say. Yeah. You know, like, he don't know what is happening. Yeah. And, and she knows everything and she will have to act and protect her, him. So now to summarize, we can say that basically her little brother that she don't really knows and that basically still her mother yeah. to her yeah. is now the center of the Inquisition search. Why everything is looking for ego. That's what I was about to say. Why so that's the paradox, the starting point yeah. paradox of the story. Yeah. It's great showing the relationship they have. Sorry, I'm wrapped up. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's great the relationship you have, made, and you've done it in such a small amount of time. Of like, she doesn't really know her brother, but look how she's protecting him already. This is someone that she doesn't actually really know, but she knows that they're related. Clearly, there's love there. Because yeah, we wanted all those psychological layer to be here, but we wanted the story to move forward fast enough to not yeah. be boring, you yeah. know, and not be. And I. Yeah. Yes, I think you did a good yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to be too arrogant with this, but yeah. We have worked a lot actually to make to find the right balance and pacing to yeah. to give enough room for the for this to be developed, but at the same time being fast enough to, to make the, the story move forward and, and basically to a little bit like them, basically, because that was the point. I was about to say that. It's, it's like they, they need to be projected yeah. in the rest of the story, like, suddenly. So yeah. we, we needed the story to move fast, right, since the beginning. Yeah, that was a big thing. Because, you know, when we were working on this game or pitching it, everyone was like, really? With a kid? <laughs> it would be awful? And this card game again? And we we had to walk a, a lot to really never let player experience the fact that you go is pain in the ass and yeah. i think it's not the which it's is never super important as well oh super i hate I, I love kids but i hate kids in video games personally um i just think they get in the way or that the ai the ai is not rare or it just 
takes me out of that experience, like we're saying, that immersive experience that you're hoping to have. And it's like, well, even even not to uh, say anything bad about Last of Us, but even in Last of Us, it's like, Ellie, come over here. Yeah. Like, get away. <laughs> so that's, yeah, it has, we have, again, on this subject, iterate a lot, because obviously it was not the goal. But at yeah. the same time, we needed Hugo to be true again. Is there any other games that you think you drew influence from? <sighs> Lots of them, like, obviously, in terms of tone, uh, brother, brothers was uh, one. That's why I was going to mention brothers. Even if it's not at all the same type of gameplay, no, no, obviously. It's not, yeah. Um, Ico, in terms of inspiration, because when we came back to it, it was typically this type of game where, you know, have a little bit crystallized the, the memory of it. Yeah. It, because it, it was not bad, but it was when you play it again today, it's like. It's a little bit too much in terms of, you know, the other character management. Yeah. And we, as I was saying before previously, it's, we didn't want it to go to be a pain in the ass at all. Yeah. So that's the reason why we, we, it was an inspiration in terms of tone, in terms of, because Ico is quite sincere too, yeah. you know, in, the, in every layer, like the gameplay, but also the, the story and the, the, the art direction. So it was inspirational, but we had very few to pick, you know, to steal from them. <laughs> well, it does. It seems very unique. It seems like its own. It's on its own. Like I can't compare it to many things in my head. Yeah, there is. We 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 were not like let's do this thing. We were doing our own stuff. And again, when you are in this journey of creating a video game, you have to at some point realize that. You need to do your own thing yeah, <laughs> because, exactly. you know, your context, your story, your characters. <laughs> Sorry for that. Yeah, you're all good. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no! <laughs> the TV just switched off to something. We don't want to uh, watch that. We're playing video games, Mark. <laughs> And now, even more so from when we started talking, it makes even more sense now. Where I asked you what type of game it was, and you said uh, it's like I said, it's not very action focused, like in attacks and stuff like that. But it makes sense for these characters. Why? Why would she, as the sole adult who's not even an adult herself, or is still learning how to be a, a adult? Why would she then go pick up a, a bottle, a, a knife, a sword, or whatever it may be? and start attacking, that wouldn't be, that's not in her character. It was actually breaking the game. Yeah. And, and... Was it ever tested at all? Actually, yeah, because at, at some point, this, this section of the game was really m more action driven. Not at this exact moment, I don't know if we will have time to see the section that that's I could fine. talk about. Yeah. But it was supposed to be much more, I mean, a little bit more action, I would say, at, at least with more shoot. Yeah, yeah. But she was not ready for that. Yeah. And actually, she will kill one guy, but we we have taken this really as a, an opportunity to show that Amicia is not a killer. Yeah. She's not used to it. And it was actually adding something even to the narrative and the consistency of the character. Yeah. And again, I don't want to, 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 it, it was pretty, I don't want to, 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 
to be perceived as too arrogant be with her character. I but don't it think was, you are. It was really like being sincere was what yeah. they were experiencing, and we wanted to stick like to the authenticity. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think I think it makes perfect sense to to what the game is and the characters of the game, which is its sole purpose and the main and that's the main focus, which is the characters. You're and, only as good as the characters you have. But you know, we really had like two brain, I would say, when we were thinking about the game. On one side, we had, the, I would say, the, the plan for the gameplay ramp up, like yeah. which features at which moment, which way, etc. And the scenario. And most of the time it was working pretty well. Like, yeah, we will, uh, it will work like this and we were implementing it and yeah. it was okay. But sometime it was just the gameplay and the story was not aligned, I would yeah. say. And we had to modify slightly the plan. And this moment was one of these moments where oh. we're like, gameplay wise, we needed to introduce some gameplay elements, but it was too early in the game. Yeah. Roughly how long would the game take to build? 12 hours. Perfect. I mean, it's opinion. what we've observed. It can go to 15 of or... Course. It depends how you play the game, if you're searching every nook and cranny. Yeah. One thing I haven't seen, there's any collectibles or things to pick there up. There is some. Like I've actually... It's still early on. Yeah, at so. the beginning, yeah. But you actually already miss, I think, at least two or three. Good. It means I can go find them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do they build on the lore of the game and is there anything... It's, they actually build more on the law of the actual Middle Age. Okay. Because there is a very interesting fact about with which type of spice they were knowing or using or more, even sometimes even more than today yeah. or type of like clothes or things that really add to the actual... Uh, yeah, it's, it's like so we don't want to be, you know, like we are not at school. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. sometimes, actually, when sometimes some aspect of this was implemented, I was playing, I was like, oh, interesting. I, I, I never heard about that. Even mm. if I was a you Obviously, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I love video games. School was never my thing. I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't enjoy school. It wasn't, just wasn't my thing. And yeah. I think I've learned more through playing video games in different times. Assassin's Creed, for me, is one of those things. That I think I've learned more history through Assassin's Creed than I ever did actually in school. So... It's actually quite interesting. I'm some, I'm dyslexic, and yeah. reading's not my strong point. So ah, we. Oui. So to get a story to be told to me and to be able to experience it, and obviously uh, when you go into like collectibles and stuff and you read, you take it at your own pace. It's actually nice and it's interesting, and I find that's the best way to learn when you're interested in it. So we keep it a little bit on the side or behind if you don't want to well, see yeah. it, but we we have really tried to yeah to stick to again the authenticity. So every single collectible secret you will yeah, find yeah. is actually a way to expose how middle age was nice. actually and for real beside the cliche I would say also yeah oh brilliant Conrad lost his mind when you died well that's all the time I've got with you I could talk to you for hours <laughs> thank you so much for showing me is there anything we didn't talk about that you want people to know I want people to experience the, the game themselves first and, yeah. and I would I mean uh, I think we, you, you, I think the beginning set the tone, and yeah. if you've enjoyed it, you will. I'm, I'm pretty sure you will enjoy the rest of the story because we, we are in this vein during the 12 hours. 
Nice. So, <laughs> with lots of surprise, but yeah, that's the tone of the game. This oh, sort yeah. of friction between those two cute kids and brutal world. Yeah. And what's going to happen to Hugo? Let's find out. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> much no for pal. your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. No Thank you very much. Cool. Was that all right? Yeah, it was right. I'm, I'm It's actually I realize it's hard to to talk about this game as you are playing. <laughs> I mean, I don't I know. Think you two did well. Yeah. Spectating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think uh, for me, always for me with my content anyway. Yeah. I always, especially when we're trying to show up, I only really try and cover things I care about and I actually like and I like the look of, and I always want to try and give the audience as much information as possible. So I feel like for us, 